Hello, everyone, and welcome to Opportunities, EU Industry Day's podcast, presenting trends and challenges, but also different opportunities that the industrial transformation brings for European companies. In this episode, we focus on green growth and ask our guests to explore how the so-called double G factor can power the EU in the 2020s. Now, we're very lucky to be speaking with uh, Jennifer Holmgren, VP at Lancetech. Lancetech develops technology to convert waste gas emissions to ethanol. And we do this via fermentation. So you're used to fermentation of sugars. What we do is we ferment waste gases, just like making beer, except starting with emissions from steel mills and other such sources. Fabrice Rivet, representing the European Container Glass Federation. Uh, my name is Fabrice Rivet. I'm technical director uh, at FEVE, the European Container Glass Federation in Brussels. Our members produce over 80 billion glass products per year to supply the food and drink industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the cosmetic and perfumes industry. Norbert Patria from Eco Extract. So indeed, Eco Extract is a, a company that is part of a French group called Minafin. And Minafin is a, a company involved in fine chemical uh, activities and especially working in a life science industry such as the production of uh, pharmaceutical active ingredients, but as well strongly present in renewable chemistry. Robert Gnan, president of Wacker Silicone. Chemi uh, AG is a, is a specialty chemical company that's active in silicone, polymer, life science, and uh, the polysilicon market uh, with the customer from uh, basically all over the world. And we're Mikiels, CEO of Proveron. Proveron is producing different kinds of chemicals in all kinds of industries, like uh, aircraft, uh, plasticizers, um, animal health products. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Uh, the EU's well, betting quite big on green technology, as you probably know, sort of to make the uh, EU's economic growth compatible with its carbon emissions targets. And embedding these technologies into industrial value chains would give uh, Europe a head start in the green transition and, and a clear competitive advantage globally. So in this episode, we'll be discussing the case of specific sectors such as chemicals, energy intensive industries, and indeed um, waste recycling and the green technologies that can actually help to decarbonize them. So uh, firstly, Jennifer, what does double G or the green growth factor mean to you, your sector, your organization? That's a great question. When I think about the double G, I think of the importance of thinking about the fact that environmental growth is linked to uh, GDP growth. We really cannot decouple environmental growth from economic growth. We see that over and over again with resistance to environmental parameters because of fear that it will limit um, economic growth. We do not believe that is the case. In fact, we believe the two go hand in hand. We're also increasingly seeing brands start to take sustainability extremely seriously. They see customers who are asking questions about sustainability and therefore they need to meet these targets. Otherwise they may lose their customer base. Um, and so I think that's actually one of the biggest driving forces is the need to grow a business that is conscious of sustainable parameters 
I believe that's the big enabler and that's what double key means to us. Anything to add, Wim? Well, it, for me, it means that you don't have to exclude growth in the green of greening of uh, of the products. Uh, for us, we are focusing now for for decades already on on these topics, and try to bring new products, and they enable our growth instead of uh, being a threat for us. What do you think, Fabrice? Um, well, green growth—that's a, a fabulous concept, I think. Um, who wouldn't grow green? So I think that uh, it's very important for our industry to grow indeed and to grow green. We are working uh, for the moment on two very specific projects to, to achieve that. One is to try to increase the recycling of the glass we put on the market. The second project on which we are working um, is what we call the furnace for the future. So our sector, and I think this is quite exceptional, our sector has decided to work together to develop a breakthrough technology in order to melt glass with electricity. And that's really a challenge, um, and it's a first step towards decarbonization. Uh, do you agree, Robert? Is there anything to add? Yeah, I think nobody really can claim that that there are no effects. So, um, like everybody else, it took us by surprise. Um, um, nonetheless, at Wacker, we were quickly adopting uh, the necessary measures to provide, of course, the best possible health protection. Uh, for our employees uh, and and the the biggest uh, uh, challenge and the the biggest aim is to keep our operation up and running and uh, we we did achieve that we are quite proud of that as it's you know particularly important to safeguard the production since many of the products are used in applications that are really vital uh, for example for the medical care and hygiene industry and uh, so essential for that to combat the spread of the virus. What do you think, Jennifer? One of the interesting things that has happened because of coronavirus is that people are becoming increasingly aware of the importance of science and technology. So as they recognize that climate change is as big a threat, if not a bigger threat than the coronavirus, they're also becoming aware that perhaps it's time to listen to the experts, to listen to science. And I think that will drive the need to, well, that will make everybody understand that we really are in a climate crisis. And then in addition, that will help people understand that science, just like it brought us vaccines, science can also bring us some of the solutions to uh, the climate crisis. So I believe that the coronavirus will help actually raise awareness and raise the profile of science and technology in helping us get out of crises. So maybe the, obviously companies need or big industry and companies need to see the benefits of at least putting that early investment in looking into the options. Does that sound right? It, it does. And I think, but I also think they need to see the benefits and they need the help in getting there. It's it's very difficult with more and more though I see investor bases asking about the sustainability profile of a company. But still, when people are looking at bottom line, they're seldom looking at growth. And 
or at least they don't look at it in the same way. So I do think governments can help. It cannot just be left to industry. I think it, it's a combination of government, individuals, consumers, um, as well as the industry themselves taking important steps. There'll be leaders, right? The ones that think that they are facing an existential threat as an organization, they, they will lead and, and that will eventually create the transition. What do you think, Wim? I think uh, everybody is looking for, for new solutions. We want to change the way we consume, the way we we have a pressure on uh, on our earth. And I, and I think all in all together, we, we realize now more that we need all these products. Because our industry, the chemical industry, has been developing these kind of products already for decades, but the main hurdle to get them to the market is the end market responding, buying buying those products in large amounts. And most people still try to buy the, the cheapest possible product. And the chemical industry, they need, or we need volumes, volumes, volumes to to be a, to bring an, an affordable product. And one does not go together with the other. So if more people buy solutions that that we have been providing, the the better it is and the faster it can go afterwards. Oh, that's very interesting. And in fact, you you summed it up quite well, I think. Um, it's, it's basically people will be prepared to pay a premium at, at a certain point. But, uh, you know, once you get the volumes up as the end consumers be, grow in awareness towards buying, you know, safer products, then the prices come down. So that makes perfect sense. What um, what do you think the main challenges facing the chemical sector or your sector in particular uh, during 2021 and what priorities are you putting um, in relation to green growth and sustainability? What we analyze is that the, the actual crisis that we are all facing uh, is showing that else of people and animals uh, as well as taking care of our planet, uh, everything is interconnected and it's very important. So the actual risk of a global pandemia uh, was identified before 2020, but uh, not really properly addressed because it was easier just to keep going and living as where we were used to. Um, so I think now people uh, are more conscious uh, that we must change and address all these ecological and social challenges uh, which we are seeing uh, ahead of us. Anything to add, Fabrice? I think that if you look at the European Green Deal published by, by the European Commission, it, it's quite clear. We have to go for circularity and we have to fully decarbonize by 2050 with very ambitious target by, by 2030. So these are really the two main challenges from a sustainability point of view that our sector is, um, is facing. And therefore, we are working hard on the two projects that I, that I mentioned, Furnace for the Future and Close the Glass Loop, uh, to ensure because I think glass is a is really a wonderful material. It's inert. It's permanent. In, in, we we like to call glass permanent because you can recycle glass over and over again without losing any intrinsic property of of the material. So it's it's really a, a perfectly circular material. So if we can get rid of our CO two emissions, I think we are the perfect material for for the future. And that's that's the challenge. That's also the opportunity because if we can uh, get there, 
it means that we uh, we will be uh, circular, CO two free, and a very nice material for uh, packing food, drink, pharmaceutical. Uh, so that's uh, that's the opportunity. I think the opportunity also um, lies in the fact to be first mover. Uh, I know that it's not always the best idea to to be the first mover, but we need to to um, to take the opportunity of of trying to not trying, but to be the first mover. Uh, Europe is really taking the lead in all these uh, sustainability issues, and if we can uh, be the first mover and keep a competitive advantage towards uh, our competitors, that's where the opportunities lie. I think. Uh, do you agree, Wim? Is there anything to add? We are an essential part uh, to make this happen. Um, many of, of of the products that we provide uh, end up in in end products that that are of our daily use. So if we can make sure that all of these products are produced more efficiently with less raw materials, with renewable raw materials, with raw materials that are recycled. Uh, we can have a huge impact on the on the results of the green deal and also and also of recycled products eh? because at the end of the day europe is not very rich in uh, in natural raw materials or not 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 in, uh, in petroleum or or any other so if we can recycle the the products that are already in the market this can be a a, a huge contribution of the chemical industry to the Green Deal. What do you think, Robert? I think with the, the Green Deal in Europe, that's, a, that's a really a great help uh, for us. That gives us a very clear direction forward, uh, especially regarding you know, the, the climate uh, neutrality by 2015. And um, this assures us uh, as, as a company that the sector where we are working on these renewables uh, in energy efficiencies uh, like buildings or the enablers that I was just talking about, that um, you know this innovation effort really will pay off. Is there something that concerns you in this context? To some extent, the concern that the complexity and interdependence of industrial value chains are not really fully understood well enough, uh, since our policy making uh, still consists of so many harmful trade-offs. So, what do you think, Fabrice? Yeah, I think that there is no choice. Um, when you see the agenda of the European Commission, when you see also the the the, the demand from from our value chain, um, everybody is working on sustainability. So it's it's no longer an option to say I will not work on that. And we need to do our work. We need to implement all possible technologies to decarbonize to work more sustainable in a more sustainable way um, one message that i would like to make here is that we also need help we cannot uh, fully decarbonize Europe, only working sector by sector. Uh, we need we need investments in infrastructures. We need energy, low carbon energy or even carbon-free energy. We need uh, 
pipelines for hydrogen. We need um, supply and reliable supply in biomass. Uh, we need green electricity. That's very important. We need a lot more of green electricity because if everybody, if, if transport moves to, to electricity, if industry moves to electricity, you can imagine how much we'll have to invest in, in infrastructure uh, to, to get there. And, and Jennifer, do you agree? I would also say that one of the things that we need to be very, very conscious about is how all of these technologies are interconnected. You talked about the fact that people are interconnected and what we're trying to do is solve a problem that we have across the world on our planet. But really, technologies also are interconnected. One of the things you're starting to see is increasingly the greening of the power grid, right? Cheaper green electrons becoming available. That doesn't just enable greening the electric grid, that enables greening transportation, right? That enables electric vehicles. But it also, in my mind, enable, enables chemical productions. In the work that we do with carbon capture and reuse, right? We can take CO2 and electricity and convert it to chemicals that you use every day. We can make plastic bottles, we can make polyester, we can make clothing. All of this can start life as CO2 and a green electron. So I want the world to really not try to think about, I'll just pick one technology over another because pushing one green technology, we need a winner, right? Don't pick a winner or a loser. Go forward and try to push all green technologies at the same time. Eventually, the market will decide. But right now, because we are in a climate emergency, we need to focus on bending the curve. And to do that, we need to allow every new approach a seat at the table. Anything to add, Wim? I think as a, as a takeaway message, for me, most important is that all together we can make this happen. There is there is enough creativity, there is enough willingness. This is possible. Many people still think that it will be hard to get to, to the goal. I think it's absolutely possible. We just need to work together and make sure that we that we buy the products that we have been developing. Well, it goes without saying, let's hope. So creativity, willingness and yeah, buy greener products. So Uh, thank you very much for your insights and for sharing your story. It, it, it certainly gives listeners a lot to think about. Thank you. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Thank you, Chris. That's it for this episode of Opportunities Podcast. Be sure to check out more in the series and feel free to like, share, and share how much you care about each topic. This podcast series is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of the EU Industry Days 2021, Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place from the 23rd to the 26th of February 2021. For more information on the EU Industry Days 2021, visit the website euindustrydays.eu. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the EU.